When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. No Chris Jones yet. The holdout continues for the Chiefs' standout defensive tackle, and it's beginning to seem like he won't be around for the season opener in two weeks. On Sportsbeat KC, the star's sports podcast, beat writer Jesse Newell and columnist Vahe Gregorian discuss the Chris Jones situation and how it impacts the Chiefs. Also, with the final preseason game on Saturday and cuts coming on Tuesday, we discuss some of the biggest decisions facing the Chiefs, starting with what might happen at quarterback behind Patrick Mahomes. How do you feel about Shane Bouchelle getting the top reserve spot? Okay, let's get started talking Chiefs with Vahe Gregorian and Jesse Newell. Like I was saying, I didn't want to start today's show talking about Chris Jones, but that's the world we live in today, isn't it? Well, what's funny is he's here for that, but he's not here. <laughs> right. Yes. He is with us. He's been with us for quite a while now, and his um, his presence slash absence becomes bigger news by the day. And, and it, we're recording this on, on Wednesday, uh, a day in which Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes were among those that spoke to the media. Both were asked about Chris Jones and we got uh, Patrick Mahomes. I think it's the first time. It's not the first time he's been asked about it, but I thought he um, gave a you know heartfelt response, right? And um, and Andy Reid maybe a little less heartfelt, more business like in his his uh, his response. Would you would you make by hey? Well, I, I I did think we were kind of talking about this. It, it, you know, it was a little bit. There's many faces of Andy. This was like the eerily calm Andy on that point. And, <laughs> That's that struck me. Um, I do think you know Patrick was interesting. He has spoken a bit about it before, but I thought more uh, uh, at length today and more a little deeper about it. And you know he, as he always does, right? Somehow he conveyed, I think, um, really thought-provoking points. Certainly indicated supportive of Chris, but also made a point of saying nobody thought he wouldn't be here by now, which I thought was. That was, I don't know. That stood out to me in the, uh, in 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 you know the whole scheme of things. So, um, and I think well, I was going to say something that Jesse said to me earlier, but I think Jesse's right here. And <laughs> he can speak for himself. Well, I, I mean, I, I agree with those points, Vahe. Um With Patrick talking about it, he's obviously not going to be a guy that is against players trying to make money. You know what I mean? That's that's not going to be a thing he's for. But yet he has to be supportive of his teammate. And so this is a tricky spot um, for these guys because right now Chris Jones is the one saying things on Twitter and responding to fans in that way and putting questions into the minds of people about what his status is going to be. But yet there is no microphone there for him. There is no you know facing the reporters or, or talking about his actions. That's left to Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes. And you guys mentioned this. I mean, 
this is like the least favorite part of Andy Reid's job. I mean, any time that somebody who's not here or an injury or a holdout, I mean, he just hates dealing with this stuff. You can tell he does. It's a distraction from the rest of the team. Obviously, uh, Patrick Mahomes said that they'd welcome Chris back with open arms when he gets back, but that's going to be tougher for some folks than others if, if and when he does make a return. But uh, you mentioned it, Blair. I, you know, it's not anything anybody wants to talk about, but this is a big moment here. Because this week, I think we all anticipate Chris Jones to be back. And Blaine, you wrote about this a couple weeks ago. For his own self-interest, it makes sense for him to be back this week. Because if you think you're worth, you know, thirty million dollars a year, and you're on the last year of your Chiefs deal, and they're not willing to give you that, well, what's the best outcome for you? Well, you go out on the last year of your deal, you go do exactly what we did last year and be an MVP candidate on defense. And then you go out and get that contract from somebody else next year. And half the teams in the league will probably pay you that sort of deal if you go out there and ball out. But uh, right now it's just tricky because if he holds out, uh, there's always the potential for injury. There's the potential he's not there for the regular season. There's the potential he's not himself. And all those things negatively impact not just the Chiefs, but they negatively impact Chris Jones. And so I, I think the, the main thing from this whole deal, and I think probably what you were referencing by, was uh, if this had just been a holdout, and Andy and Pat were going to get asked questions today. I think that's one thing. But for Chris to go on there and kind of have these cryptic tweets about how he's going to show up potentially week eight, whether he's joking or not, and how he has enough money um, to do that and hold out, it just leaves Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes in a much worse spot to come and answer these questions because now they have to address something out there that whether it's true or not or whether it's real or not, it's something very real and tangible they have to deal with. Uh, with the questions that come to them. So I think, Chris, the main thing here is I don't think anybody's blaming him for holding out or for wanting more money or for, for taking a stand. It's just uh, I think if if the social media posts weren't there that this could be a little bit easier on the people. He probably is going to have to come back to at some point. And today was a tougher day for them because of what Chris Jones said on Twitter. Well, and just to, to add to that point, by the way, as far as we know, especially given the terms Andy used about no communication their, the extent of their communication right now from Chris Jones is what they read on social media. I mean, maybe I'm exaggerating the point, but... Patrick I, you know, did say they had touched with him. I would assume his teammates are more teammates, informal, right? where it's right. like, hey, buddy, yeah, how you doing? Love you. Yeah, love you. Yeah. Love to have you, that sort of thing. But yes, in terms of, you know, the formal part of this, and we talked with Brett Beach earlier this month about how kind of there was a up and down and ebb and flow of the communication between the two sides, and Beach then kind of anticipated, well... The season's coming soon. You anticipate those talks are going to ramp up again. But from Andy Reid's words today, it sounds like potentially those talks have not ramped up again yeah. between the two sides. Because Brett even then said, I don't think he used the term lull necessarily, but the point was they were in that lull and he figured, okay, as we get closer, it'll get urgent. There's no indication of that from Andy today. By the way, one last thing, just tying back to your point about my point about your point about my point. <laughs> um, you know, to me, a little lost in the shuffle here is Chris Jones is 29 years old. And I think there's going to be reasonable questions about if he, if he comes in, he's not able to perform early the way he wants to. Who knows what the ripples are going to be? I kind of joke about it, but, I mean, when, he's, when his tongue's hanging out in Jacksonville, if he's indeed back, this stuff could domino into his season. Now he's a 30-year-old guy without another contract, and at least not one set, in a prove-it year. And, you know, you made this point, but I, I just think it bears, you know, another punctuation mark on it what's he doing for himself here mm-hmm. how how is he helping himself he's made the point obviously it it and at some level it 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 needs to be about being part of something bigger than yourself too when 
you understand that guys like Patrick Mahomes and Travis Kelsey aren't taking all the money they could take to try to make this work for the greater good. I, I've got to be honest here, uh, I'm not going to really go pro-owner a bunch on this sort of thing. And, and this topic, too, I think I would probably stray away from because I think there's the argument if you're on Chris Jones's side uh, where you would say, is he potentially worth that money? Yes. Would half the NFL teams pay him that right now? Probably. But I kind of go back to the fact that, you know, hey, the Chiefs are in this weird spot, which is they're really good. You know, and it's hard to keep. We saw the NFL list that came out from the players voting on top 10 list, uh, the top 100. The Chiefs had three of the top 10. It's hard to keep three of the top 10. I mean, there's 32 NFL teams. You have three of the top 10 players. It's going to be hard to keep those three guys on a roster. That's what a salary cap's supposed to do. You know what I mean? It's supposed right. to, to spread that talent out. Right. Uh, but, I mean, having said all that, again, this is just – if I am just self-motivated, if I'm Chris Jones or his agency – Again, the, the, the obstacles you face potentially by waiting, by coming in late, by having to ramp up then, by potentially getting yourself hurt, all those things seem like a risk that I'm not sure I'd be willing to take because if we're just looking at from his vision, if he goes out there and has a season this year with the Chiefs compared to, comparable to one that he had last year, then he's going to get paid a lot of money this year for the Chiefs, and he's going to get paid a lot of money next year for whatever team he's playing for. We've seen studies out there. I mean, a lot of defensive tackles can age pretty gracefully. I know the Chiefs have not made a habit of going and paying a bunch of guys. That's kind of their MO is not paying a bunch of older guys. So that could kind of be a part of this too. But, uh, yeah, I'm, I'm with you, by that, like, even if you're on side here, like Chris Jones, like, go get your money. Go get paid. Go get the most money you can get. And, and be the best player you can be and get the highest contract you can get. Even if all those things are what's in your mind, showing up to camp right now and showing up to practice would behoove you to get to that final right. goal right. unless you have something else in mind. So other players have done this in the past. I like Trent Williams has held out to the year, and he ended up with a pretty good contract. So maybe that's the, the game plan, the blueprint going forward. But uh, there is a certain point where you say, even if Chris Jones is only worried about Chris Jones and his salary, there still comes a point where you think, hey, showing up to the Chiefs and playing on this year's deal would make the most sense for him. Right, and it is all these things at once. That's the yeah, so, it is. Sorry, Blair, you were trying to no, get No, 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 not at all. <laughs> Great conversation. Um, and what did, what did Andy also say today? They're, it's to the point where they're, they're treating it like an injury. Yeah, like he's out, yeah or that you should think of it that yeah, way. Yeah, he's out, out with an injury. It's next man up. However, um, and this will uh, this relates to a topic that we want to get into uh, a little bit later, um, and, and that is uh, who, you know, where the roster stands going into the final preseason game, what it's going to look like after Tuesday when the cuts are made, the defensive line. I don't know, Jesse. I'm. I don't. I don't feel great about that without Chris Jones. Um, the the candidates there. Andy was asked about that uh, again today, and it's funny. He you know he he wasn't thinking of tackles. He was thinking of ends, right? He talked about Mike Dana and Carl Loftus, who's out with a sickness right now as a stomach flu. But um, but the interior of the Chiefs, the, the defensive tackle, where Chris lines up most of the time, um, I, not not looking terribly stout right now. The guys publicly, Andy Reid and Patrick Mahomes, said what you have to say when you're asked about them. I mean, you can't say, well, I think they stink. <laughs> you know, well, I mean, I'm really concerned. Boy, I'm just uh, panic the alarms or sign the alarms. <laughs> I mean, you can't say that. You have to say you're encouraged, all those sorts of things. I think you hit on a point that I – realized in the moment player which was he was asked about replacements for chris jones and he started mentioning defensive ends and that's not the position that, <laughs> that chris jones normally plays so there's a little bit of a disconnect there and uh again we know andy is so focused on the offensive side of the football so um him making two detailed comments on the defensive side is probably not entirely fair it would have been something to to more ask steve spagnolo uh earlier in the earlier in the week but 
Uh, yeah, it's a concern. I, I think, to me, this is how the Chiefs operate. They look at it from a different way, which is they never have a have-to. You know what I mean? Their have-tos are Patrick Mahomes. Their have-tos are Travis Kelsey. Their have-tos are Andy Reid. And like the Super Bowl, Chris Jones didn't do much, but they won 38-35. Guess why? Patrick Mahomes, Travis Kelsey, Andy Reid. So, yeah, they're worse without him. I mean, there's no doubt. And there's a huge hole in the middle of that defensive line. They've been rotating guys. Matt Dickerson, Daniel Wise, Danny Shelton. I mean, they've been going through guys. Keandre Coburn, the rookie, has been up there. But I just think the way the Chiefs are kind of looking at this and how they've operated in the past when it comes to the front office is uh, I always use the term paint themselves in a the corner. They never paint themselves in a the corner. They never say they have to have something. What this to me is like, I agree with you. They might have the worst defensive tackle room without Chris Jones in the NFL. I mean, that's probably something we can talk about and have a real legitimate conversation on. And yet all those other things mean that that takes their defense from, what, 12th to 16th or 18th, and your offense is still number one and superhuman, can carry you in most situations. So I just think the Chiefs are committed to the long term with this. They're not going to just tie themselves up to Chris Jones for a contract that he thinks is fair when they think it might hurt them down the line, just to simply say that they've plugged a hole at defensive line when they we've seen in the past, sometimes the offense just bails it out anyway. The offense is just so good, they win even with a defense that's not top of the league. So I think that's where the Chiefs are probably at with this thing. But uh, yeah, is the defensive line a concern without Chris Jones? Yes. Is it a concern with Chris Jones? Probably still so, face off what we've seen in training camp. I would say that position more than any other has had fewer answers uh, than many of the other positions out there. Yeah, that goes to the actually the top of my list of positions of most concern for the Chiefs. By the way, did you know that 35 points scored by the Eagles, most by a losing team in the Super Bowl? Uh, in Super Bowl it was not high possession either, Blair. No? I mean, the both teams had the ball like seven or eight times. So yeah. you're talking, yeah. that was a very, very good performance and, by and, uh, Jalen Hurts in the offense. It was, and the Chiefs needed a defensive touchdown to, to yeah. get them over yeah. the top, yeah. too. You're right. So, um, all right, let's put a bow. Let's just put a bow on Chris Jones. When When – if if he's if he's in if if he comes back today or tomorrow or before the weekend, he's still not. Is he going to be ready for game one? I don't think he's going to be ready for week one. Especially, you'll get get him a week of training. The Chiefs will be off for about four of those days because of the schedule. Um, I don't I don't know if he's if he'd be up for week one. Well, it, it does speak to the, the 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 sheer matter of football conditioning, football shape. Let's just assume, for argument's sake, he's been professional enough to be in whatever camp shape you would report mm-hmm. in but it is it's a slog it's a slog to get there and and um to your point Blair if you're going several days without practices here see so I don't know what what they can do here to simulate that once he's here so look I would suspect if he got here this week we might see him for a few plays against Detroit maybe but I don't i I don't feel like he's going to get here this week at this stage. But, you know, who knows? And, it, and look, maybe I'm circling around the question. If he does get here this week, Jesse, do you think he can play against Detroit? I mean, that's why in the CBA there's the acclimation period where you have the ramp-up that happens, and Andy Reid always talks about it, you know, getting, like you said, behind into football shape, which is different from 
running on the treadmill shape and you got to get hit some you got to be out there some and you got to go multiple plays in a row there's a reason that Andy Reid has his players go through 15 16 play drives in the heat of St. Joseph so that they can feel that with pads and, and be out there for that uh but I mean that's 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 why we're talking about this week is because the natural progression was hey sometime this week most likely Chris Jones is going to show up so that he can be ready for the first game now that he has not shown up that's the question right now, which is, okay, he probably isn't going to be ready for the first game unless he makes a beeline for this facility and gets himself ready. And like you said, Vi, then you're starting to talk about, okay, if he shows up early next week, is there enough time? Can he acclimate enough? Is he like a one-third of the time player? Even that, I mean, that's if he shows up next week. And based off of what we have to take for face value on you know social media and what he's talked about, uh, that's not encouraging. It, it's not making me think that he's just ready to, to march right in here on Monday and be ready with his, his teammates. I guess they have Monday off. But, uh, yeah, this is, this is why it's a discussion. This is very much a real thing now that Chris Jones, uh, unless something crazy changes here very, very soon, he's, he's not going to play in the first game for the Chiefs and or will be very, very limited because he's ramping back up to football activities. Maybe it'll be week two, and he'll make the short trip from um, from Miami to Jacksonville, and and, and meet you guys there. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and uh, um, and, he, and he thinks he would have gotten the last laugh by avoiding the heat here. <laughs> uh, <laughs> Wait till he gets to a Sunday afternoon, September Sunday in Jacksonville, where, where the where the cell phones fry. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Okay. The Chiefs, as as we mentioned, next Tuesday, uh, as do all NFL teams, cut the the roster from from ninety to to fifty three, and there are many more teams in the NFL that have bigger decisions to make than the Chiefs do when it comes to getting the roster. I always we, we hear it every year, and I always like to hear it when Andy say, "Look, um, uh, not everybody's going to make it, but you get on tape, and other teams can see you and." Um, and I, I remember, and by you were covering the Chiefs actually before me on a regular basis. I can remember some early years with Andy Reid where the cutdown date, the Chiefs needed to be on the hunt for players when, when the cuts were made. That's right. And I, you reminded me of this. I think they picked up as many as seven, eight, nine players the day after Andy's first cut. I, I, just to get up to an NFL, an yeah. acceptable NFL team that he that he yeah. want, you know that I, he wanted I, to coach. I could be wrong on that, as uh, Bill Self would say. You might want to check <laughs> me on that, but it was somewhere in that. It was a, what would today be an astonishing number, right? But it reflected the rebuild. Yeah, where they were, and of course, how good a coach is Andy Reid? That happens, and he still goes out and wins the first nine games first that nine year. Games. Goes eleven and five, and gets into the playoffs after a two and 14, uh, 2012 season. I, I do want to talk about some position groups, but the, the one that is, is probably the least important uh, is the, kind of the one that's in the, in the news lately, and that's backup quarterback. The backup quarterback now has become a story. They signed Blaine Gabbert in the offseason. 
the assumption that he would be the number two guy. But Jesse, we've you've been to every practice, and the person getting the number the, the second team reps is not Blaine Gabbert. It is Shane Bouchel, and both Gabbert and Bouchel and all the quarterbacks looked good in the previous preseason game down at Arizona, but Bouchel has constantly. Uh, looked good at practice and in games. Yeah, he's getting more reps, and it's obvious that there's been a little bit of a switch there. And even from talking to both those guys in the locker room in Arizona, you know, Michelle, I'm ready for the competition. I'm ready to do this, you know, but be a part of this and compete for the second job. And um, I, I think Blaine, from talking to him, was speaking like a guy who understood that he had moved down in the pecking order and uh, that facing that reality, kind of talking about how he's 13-year veteran, you know, nothing surprises him anymore, that sort of thing. So uh, I tried to ask Andy today at the press conference whether they were going to keep two or three guys. Obviously, the NFL has a new rule this year where you can keep an inactive quarterback on your roster and they can play in case of emergency. That would give you some incentive to keep a guy on your roster that's a third quarterback. But we can talk about all these roster battles and the Chiefs trying to keep so many players on offense – I don't know if that's worth it, guys. I mean, on the off chance that you lose both of your top two quarterbacks in a game, uh, again, we saw in the playoffs last year, but before that, when was the last time we saw something like that? I mean, on the off chance to do that, would you keep an extra roster spot when you're trying to keep seven receivers, potentially, and four running backs and four tight ends and all these other roster crunches that you're trying to keep these guys off of waivers? So uh, Andy didn't really answer it directly, kind of just said everything was up in the air uh, still with the roster numbers. But it makes me wonder if not only Shane Bouchelle is competing for the second quarterback job, but also whether Blaine Gabbert is competing for his spot on the roster. It's a really interesting question because of that new rule, right? Yes. Because if, if I understand the rule correctly, and I think I do, the difference between that and a guy who's inactive, right, is that you are potentially active even when you're inactive. Exactly. For the quarterback so, position. So if you kept Blaine Gabbert on the roster, you could make him inactive every single week of the season. But yet if you had two injuries to your quarterbacks, you could put him in the game. He would still suit out. Right. So isn't that a different kind of roster spot? Because it, in a way, it's a, it's a break glass in case of emergency gift. On the other hand, it's still... It taking is, up a place that may not get used. Well, it doesn't. It do, but it doesn't change the number, right? The number of inactives. Uh, the, the roster is still fifty-three. The number right. of inactives will still be seven. I right? guess my point is, how many times have the Chiefs gotten to a third quarterback right. under Andy Reid in the last ten years in a particular game because the top two have gone down? Zero. One. No one. Uh, Twice. Matt, two went down. Well, Matt Moore. Uh, but, but that was not in the same game. It wasn't the same game, right. but it yes. was a third quarterback. Right. Right. So. Uh, but again, this would have to be the third quarterback because you can still game. have. Uh, you know, hypothetically, Chris Oladokun, you know, has been on the practice squad. If you had Patrick go down in a particular game, you obviously could do some roster maneuvering and move Oladokun up for that game. So, again, we're talking about needing three quarterbacks in one game. And part of this also is just kind of the thought, which is like, if you lose your top two quarterbacks, are you winning that game anyway? <laughs> maybe not. Maybe they maybe just sort of say at that point, but wave the, white flag. If you're the Chiefs, you know, you, you, you think with the three that they have that – if Blaine Gabbert's your third quarterback and you're, you're set everywhere else, you're thinking you actually might have a chance to to beat a good opponent. Yeah, well, and, and the, here's the problem, too. I mean, we're all talking about Shane Bichelle, which we should, and deservedly so, and he's obviously earned his promotion, but uh, Blaine Gabbert was not chopped liver in this past game. Uh, 7 for 8, 120 <laughs> yards, quarterback rating of 158.3, which last time I checked was the top one you Perfect. can get. <laughs> well, and by the way, I do think the one ball, and, and we might disagree on this, but I think – 
Justin Ross turned the wrong way on oh, that, that was long the, ball yeah. in the end zone. Yeah, I talked to Justin in the locker room. Oh, that's right, um, you did. What, he, what did he well, say? Well, he said that, uh, I think he said that the, the quarterback just threw it to a different spot. So it was a little bit of mis- miscommunication there. Uh, but obviously it's a good route to get that wide open. But well, he said they'd sure. get the next one for sure. But you saw on the sideline, like Mahomes, Clyde Edwards-Alaire, a lot of guys were coming over and patting Justin Ross on the back to be like, hey, great route to get that open. Yeah. So just a little bit of miscommunication there. But again, if we're talking 7 for 8 instead of 8 for 8, that's, that's still a pretty good day that we're talking a- about for Brian absolutely. Gabbard. But look, quick quick flip of the switch on this point. So I don't even want to say the uh, the scenario that would lead to either of these guys having to play, right? And yeah. They would be accused of jinxing. but. It's the Detroit game, and something happens. Are you you want to put a guy in who's never played in an NFL game, or you want to put a guy in who's got 13 years of experience? I mean, if you just need that instant solution. That's the question, right? Well, that's to me. That's the same question. Who who do you want as your number two guy? That's what I mean. So I mean, yeah. so I don't. I guess my point is sort of that we're also still on this. I think the jury's still out on who's going to be number two. Andy Reid has leaned on veterans for that. They obviously love having a veteran in the room who can kind of challenge Patrick Mahomes as well in the film study. But I think the point you're making, Vahe, is this point, which is if Patrick Mahomes, again, this is all hypothetical, not not wishing for anything to happen. If Patrick Mahomes was out for one quarter in a playoff game, who do you want to put in there? Maybe the veteran. If Patrick Mahomes is out for 10 games, you need to kind of keep the, the, the boat afloat for the rest of the season. Who do you want in there? Probably Shane Michelle. So that's kind of the things that I'm sure the Chiefs coaches, the Chiefs front office, that has to go through their mind if they're wanting to get down to only two or potentially still keep three. Is like maybe different scenarios you want a different guy. And I think there is something to be said, like you said, for Blaine Gabbert, has seen everything, has been around. You kind of know a little bit more what you're getting. But Shane Michelle's looked really good, and that's why uh, he's at least forced the hand to have them talk about this situation. And like I said, I could not get out of Andy Reid today whether they're thinking about two or three at that position. But um, that will be another kind of domino as we look at how they're going to make their roster yeah, and yeah. keep the 53-man uh, for the first game or at least the start of the season before the first game against the Detroit Lions. I think of Shane Bouchelle as a potential trade chip. I was thinking about the Garoppolo Castle, kind of like the the little pipeline the Patriots always got. You know what I mean? Like, hey, hey, there's this really hot shot guy that's been behind the the really good guy, and uh, maybe you want to trade for him. That's a really interesting point. It really is. I think they could they could get something beyond a seventh round pick for him, and you know, in in the Andy Reid Patrick Mahomes you know, classroom for for three years now. I think he and, and look at you know he's he's playing so well in the preseason. I, I just think his stock is is rising. I don't think you do that now. I think you no let no it, yeah you, you, you let it simmer. Yeah yep exactly. You, you're from now. Speaking of stock rising, let's um, let's talk about that, Jesse. You've um, you know you've been to every single practice and uh, training camp. And today, by the way, the final day that media types get to watch an entire practice. So let's let's just out some observations and start with um it's funny how how it goes there were players that were camp darlings for for a couple of weeks and now they're not Mm -hmm. and there were guys that you know they looked lost early and now they're you know they're with the ones or twos how about a how about a camp uh a a player one or two players who you believe uh their stock has risen and we'll see you know, significant snaps for them, either as a starter or in a, as a rotation player in the opener? Yeah. Um, I'll start with 
I mean, this is sort of an obvious one, but I, I think Rashi Rice is a guy that last game, we went over this on our details video, but the way they utilized him in different ways, they had him block the edge one time on a jet sweep, they, had, or on, they ran him on jet sweep on a different time, they have him running different types of routes, stick routes, uh, part of the flood concept. I mean, they're having him do a lot of different things. We've seen so many times in the past that rookie receivers under Andy Reid, you got to be so cautious because the playbook catches up to them and they can't do everything, but... Yet, he was a guy that did about everything. And real quick, it is, uh, I've learned Rashi Rice, so not Rashi. So we'll be trying to... Well, thank uh, you for that. Do, we'll, I, we'll, I caught that. Yeah, Rashi. so so yeah. we'll be trying to get that correct, I guess. Uh, uh, Although we need to tell the, the his teammates. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> and, and maybe his general manager, maybe, too. Maybe his coach. Maybe the uh, public address announcer. I don't think it's been a big deal to him up to this point. Yeah. So um, I think he's kind of gone with flow. And if you've met him, talked to him like we have, he's a kind of a go-with-the-flow sort of guy. So, so it's not at the MBS level of uh, <laughs> coming to the room. Right. <laughs> yeah, yeah, Marquez is, is particular about his name. That's fine. I mean, I'm actually scared of, of <laughs> saying it wrong. I just don't say his name. Well... Again, MBS? everybody is entitled to have their name pronounced correctly. Does he respond and so, okay to MVS? Have you ever just called M- him that? MVS is good. I think he's he's had the earrings for MVS. So yeah, you definitely uh, Rashi. It's Rashi. Rashi. That's Rashi. the real point here. Yeah. Rashi. Okay. Rashi. 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 There you go. Okay. Um, so I would say him. You know, this is sort of an older one. I would say, um, just from camp on. But I, Donovan Smith, guys. I, I mean, my goodness, like. They probably just landed on gold on that one. I mean, he has been really, really good these two preseason games. He's been everything they wanted, and Patrick is joking about it now. Patrick Mahomes is like, he wants to get hit in the preseason, and in two games he couldn't get hit. You know what I mean? Like, you see some of these throwing lanes he's had. Uh, it's it's impressive. And, uh, you know, the questions were Donovan Smith was like, how injured was he last year to play through that and not be very productive? But, yeah, he's he's been really really good so far, guys. And if he's anything close to that in the regular season, the Chiefs got themselves a steal uh, at the end of free agency. I'll also add Chamari Connor. Um, he was playing the Legarius Sneed role in this past game, but talked to Spags. Asked I asked Spags about him yesterday because you wonder when these guys kind of pop up to the first team and they hadn't been there before. And he said, "Yeah, I, we've been throwing everything at him. He's been picking it up. He's been doing different things, playing different positions." And our Sam McDowell followed up and said, "Hey." How often have you done that? Have you thrown everything at a guy to see what they can handle? And Specs like had to stop him and go, I, I don't know. It hasn't. It's been a while since they. So I think he's a guy that's on the uptick again. If Lajarius Snead is healthy in there, as we expect him to be for the opener with his knee that's kind of been barking on and off, then potentially there's a little bit less playing time there. But in uh, terms of what he can do physically, athletically, and just playing different positions and the versatility and how much they're throwing at him, uh, I'd definitely look for him in the opener to have some sort of role for the Chiefs. I wouldn't anticipate that a couple weeks ago. Um, you mentioned the two players from the rookie class who I would have identified as the, 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 the maybe the, the two that have, I don't want to say distanced themselves, but the, the, the two that are at least out front when it comes to the, the seven-man uh, draft class. I didn't say I said rookie class. I meant draft class, and that includes, you know, top pick Felix and Udike Uzama, um, and uh, Wanye Morris with third round right for Wanye, I believe. Um, so, yeah, I think Rushy Rushy Rice um, and Chamari Connor have. I, I was trying to focus on Sh- on Connor today. He was running with the ones, uh, and, and he's a corner slot, basic corner slot after playing. You know, safety a lot in, at Virginia Tech. I, I do think that there's going to be a lot thrown at uh, at uh, at uh, Connor here early, early on. So I also I want you to hear this, Blair. This was I'm going to work on this one. 
Okay, this is Felix saying his own name. You ready? Go. Felix and your DK Uzama. 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 Uz I don't think it's Uzama. Do you think it was I, no, Let's listen again. Felix and your DK Uzama. 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 Don't you think? Yeah, don't you think? Uh, uh, emphasis on the first syllable. Uzama. Uz Uzama. And by the way, I've never heard it that way, by the way. Just saying that to clarify the emphasis instead of seeking for you to pronounce it quite that loudly right. and <laughs> well, I just want you to know it's ooze. I, I, well, let's thank Felix for coming in and, uh, <laughs> and, and, <laughs> and pronouncing his name. Repeating himself a few times if we want him to. We'll see you later, Felix. <laughs> Thanks, Felix. <laughs> oh, man. That was nice of him. <laughs> Can you see if Rashi is back there for us? Uh, <laughs> Rashi is not. I checked on him, but... Oh, hey, Felix, do you want to say something? Felix and your DK Uzama. I've got to get this in my head, guys, because I, I do want to pronounce these get the guys' yeah. names right, and there yeah. definitely seems like an emphasis on the ooze. So, uh, Uzama. Yep. Here we go. You know, it's funny. You know, you just people just shortened it to FAU, and I'm thinking, you know, FAU was just in the Final Four, so I get yeah. that mm. confused. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so, all right, how about on the other side? A uh, player who, you know, since the beginning of camp, uh, not as uh, shined early, but uh, but maybe faded a little bit during during camp? Yeah, I was thinking of a few of them. Um, and, you know, obviously subject to change. This is just sort of – who has stood out and who has not. But uh, a couple guys that come to mind immediately would be a uh, pretty quiet camp for Mike Edwards, uh, a third safety they signed. And, again, we talk about Chamari Connor making leaps up the depth chart. One of those spots is probably third safety, which is the spot that Mike Edwards, we thought, right. would take there. So we'll see. Obviously, Deion Bush is a guy as, a, as an additional safety that they love on special teams. So – I don't know about the roster spots, how that's going to shake out, but that's that's one of the guys that we haven't heard much from. B.J. Thompson, uh, a late-round draft pick that they had. I just don't think we've heard much from him. Um, kind of a physical freak and a guy that's lighter than they usually have at, at defensive line. Uh, maybe still wanted to put a little muscle on him, but it just he just really hasn't registered much, hasn't really flashed, and has been with the threes most of the time. So I would say that he's another guy that, uh, until we hear more from him, I just it's kind of been a, a pretty quiet camp for him in that regard. Um, I, I'm sure you've got a couple more in mind, Blair, but uh, you know, I, I think the, the one we have to mention here, because I was the one that has hyped him up early, and I think for good reason, and it has not been as good since, is Daenerik Prince. Yep. And I don't know if his roster spot's secure anymore. I, I don't know what's happened. We've kind of tried to ask coaches about this, but the minute that he lost his kick return duties to Richie James in that second preseason game, that was the role for Isaiah Pacheco last year, to get on the field and then potentially get carries down the line. And he hit some sort of wall because for all the great things we saw from him and heard about him from Chiefs coaches and, and other people around the, the organization, that has not translated the last two weeks. So I don't know if he has a roster spot yet, and that, that's me throwing a my bad out there because a couple weeks ago I'd have told you he's probably one of the sleeper picks for the team and somebody that everybody needs to know about. And right now uh, that, that just has not materialized here in the last couple weeks. So however it's happened, uh, he's probably moved himself to the roster bubble, and that's not a place I ever thought he'd get back to. Well, and as Andy Reid reminded us today, that special teams is everything when it comes to the roster bubble. And if you're, uh, you know, if you're uh, get, get a get a Dave Tobe lifeline uh, from a roster spot, <laughs> right. you, you got to grab it. And I, I don't know if that's Prince. I, I don't know once, as you said, when since he doesn't seem to be the kick returner now, um, uh, I, I don't know if that's if it's going to happen 
for him. I thought he, I didn't, I didn't think he ran with a lot of energy in the Saints game, the first preseason game. He had three or four attempts, and they were just kind of ordinary. Didn't make a move, you know, just sort of ran into the pile. And Andy did mention him kind of losing his legs a little bit, and he did have a ton of reps over the summer. Remember, Pacheco was out. Jarek McKinnon wasn't taking part because he's a veteran, so he was getting a lot of use then, and that's why a lot of the buzz kind of built around him. So this could be a matter of also just kind of losing your legs a little bit. And uh, if that's the case, it's kind of too bad because he sort of used them in the wrong time of the season, <laughs> yeah, which yeah, is yeah. not when it actually counts. A couple others that come to mind, Blair, just as t- in terms of guys that haven't maybe flashed as much. Uh, Derek Naughty is a guy that they re-signed this offseason, and we just have not uh, – even on the defensive line, we talk about a lot of questions. I haven't seen a crazy amount from him so far, or haven't heard a lot of people, you know, praising him in there. And then, uh, you know, I, I've got to throw Jalen Watson on there. Uh, Dave Merritt was really frustrated that either Jalen Watson or Joshua Williams has not earned that third cornerback role. And we have seen now that uh, that Joshua Williams has pulled ahead. It seems like in the last week or so. Now it doesn't mean that things are lost, but for a guy that had so many big plays a season ago, I think they were hoping for more. And we've heard some of the comments from Steve Spagnuolo and other guys basically to say that like some of the cornerbacks they wouldn't name by name, but were going back to rookie habits that they didn't anticipate. And I think it's pretty clear at this point that that Jalen Watson is one of those guys. I also have to mention that like Echo Boydo seems to be one of Steve Fagnall's favorites uh, out there. Speed. He loves having. Uh, it just seems like every time he talks about him, he glows. So uh, I don't think Jalen's on the spot where it's, he's on the roster bubble yet, but he's probably a guy that needs to to get a little bit more in gear, especially if he wants to meet the expectations that the coaches have for him. Very good. All right, uh, great conversation. I think what we'll do is end it with uh, Patrick Mahomes on Chris Jones. So that'll be the last thing you hear. So. We will bid farewell to Jesse Newell, Vahe Gregorian, and our special guest, Felix Enudike Uzama. <laughs> Guys, thanks a lot. And here is Patrick Mahomes. Chris Jones is out there on Twitter suggesting maybe he'll skip a half a season or whatever. I don't know how serious he is, but I do know he's not here. Mm-hmm. Are, are you expecting to start the season without him? Um, no, not not necessarily. I mean, I uh, I know that stuff, contract stuff, is hard to talk about because everybody wants to make money for their entire family and and everything like that. But I know how much Chris Chris loves the Chiefs. He loves being a part of this organization, um, and so uh, I just try to stay out of it and just tell Chris that I love him and that whenever he does does come back, he'll, he'll be welcome with open arms. And uh, we know that he's preparing himself so that whenever he does get back, he can be that dominant player that he always has been. Yeah, I don't think any, I don't think anyone expected him not to be here. Uh, now but uh that's part of the contract negotiation stuff so i mean i'm not looking down on him for anything like that uh he has um stuff that he's trying to get done that he feels like he needs to to get done right now and so i i respect his decision and then whenever he gets back like i said we open him with, with open arms and um he's a he's a vital part of this organization and so i'm, I'm glad that he's on my team not necessarily i mean you have to trust everybody um Obviously, Chris is a, a once-in-a-lifetime type of player to be that big at the defensive tackle spot and being able to get sacks and do stuff like that. Um, but you have to trust the entire defense. It's like they have to trust the entire offense. Uh, whenever I'm not in the game, they trust the guy that comes in is going to go out there and, and make an impact. Um, and you've seen that with Chad over the last few years. And um, when and the game that Travis wasn't in uh, a couple years ago, other guys stepped up. That's how that's how great football teams work is um, you got to have depth everywhere and you got to have guys that will step up whenever their number is called and – um, obviously, you want to have these great players um, like Chris, um, but everybody has to step up whenever their number is called. That'll do it for today. Thanks to producer Randy Mason for putting together the show and to our 
Sportsbeat KC staff of Todd Feeback, Jeff Rosen, and Scott Chasen. Tip of the cap to Jesse Newell and Vahe Gregorian for sharing their insights. And you can read their stuff and follow all the Chiefs coverage in the Kansas City Star and on KansasCity.com. The Star, by the way, factors heavily into the nation's top digital sports page. Morning Sports Edition is loaded with stories about the Chiefs, the Royals, KU, Mizzou, K-State, all college sports, soccer, plus national sports news. Check it out at liveedition.kansascity.com. Thanks for listening, and we'll be back soon with another Sports Beat KC, where we talk sports in and around Kansas City.